You're listening to Let There Be Light, a podcast where we shed light on topics in the church today through discussions on history, science, theology, as well as our love for Jesus. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Bienvenidos, everybody. And welcome to Let There Be Light. Oh, what's up, Sarah? How's it going? It's good. We're thriving. Thriving and, and surviving. And surviving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, an auspicious episode for us today. Ooh, why do you say that, Sarah? This is the last episode. <gasps> Ever? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, like several people just breathe sighs of relief, <laughs> intermingled with the gentle gasps. Just echoing through the sound waves of the internet. Like, finally, we can lay this to rest. We are closing the door to the second season, but we will likely be back to haunt your dreams. (laughs) Likely. I just like, likely. Like, it's a possibility. Barring the second coming of Christ. Oh! (laughs) Other than that, we should return, probably. What? Like, probably in like. What is it? May? So probably in the fall? Yes. We haven't even thought about this yet. We'll let you have the summer of freedom. Yeah, before we just, you know... We slide back into the DMs. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay. It's a spicy start to an auspicious episode. An auspicious episode. Today, we thought it would be a good way to wind down us talking about all things trauma and the church. And being a bunch of downers. Ooh. It. It's been it's been quite a it's been quite a season. Oh. Uh, we thought we'd wind it up by talking about trauma and how it relates to our identity in Christ. We thought we could talk about what scripture has to say about who we are in Christ. That's a solid start, right? Yeah. I think if we're gonna talk about identity and if we're gonna talk about trauma, which I think it feels like we're losing part of ourselves when we go mm-hmm. through trauma. It feels like you lose your identity or who you are can become seems like it shifts so drastically that you can feel like you've lost yourself forever or that you're becoming a completely different person but scripture has a lot to say about who we are in christ and that's ultimately as believers what we can hold on to because i think that doesn't that doesn't change who we are in christ we obviously as people grow and we become sanctified and more like jesus as we grow but also God tells us some truths about ourselves and who we are in him that don't change no matter what happened to us. So I thought we'd kind of touch on those and then just kind of talk about them. The first, the first verse that I really, that we really enjoyed, Marlene and I, Marlene mainly picked these out. I'm looking at 1 John 5.15. Ah, good place to start. Yes. And it says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. I'd sum that up as, or you sum that up as, you are heard and you are known. Yeah. And that's important in trauma, which I think shuts us down and tends to silence us. Uh, there's, we, I think it's common, something I did when I had trauma was I gaslighted myself a lot, or gaslit, I guess probably is how you should say I feel it. Like it's either, I feel like I've heard it either or, but no, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I gaslit myself into like, oh, you didn't have it as bad as other people. Trying to minimize your... Um, behave like trauma traumatic experience yeah. yeah or you know by telling myself that uh you know other people have it worse that way i didn't have to talk about it um or i listened to other people who there were some in the past who said things like that like oh other people have had it worse it's not that bad you're being dramatic things like that and after a while you realize oh if 
bad things happen to me, people don't want to hear about it. And I think that lack of being heard by other people and that lack of willingness in myself to recognize the bad things that had happened influence, started to influence how I approached God. I remember, especially when I was a teenager and that was when there was particularly like a wave of things going on. I remember that it became very difficult to approach God because it felt like, oh, maybe he also doesn't hear me. Mm -hmm. Maybe his listening to me and his answering my prayers is conditional on how well I handle my trauma, on how much I stuff my emotions. <laughs> or how my brain chemistry is. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> on, or how well I act on it, uh, on how well I function, on how quickly I get over it. Oh, yeah, low. that's a big one. Yeah. Like, how much is God working in your life, according to other people? Yes. Like, how, how it looks outwardly, totally. Oh, well, I performed Christianity, like Oof. reading my Bible, yes. serving others, mm -hmm. praying. But anyone who's been through trauma knows it's really hard to do those things consistently most days because you're just kind of in a haze of pain. And also, you don't want to get out of bed. Nope. You don't want to open your eyes. You do not. <laughs> so... And then start starting to feel that guilt of, oh, if I'm not doing these things, then God will not listen to me. But the wonderful thing about that verse, 1 John 5.15, is that there's no conditional statements in there. Like, oh, we know that we have what we've asked of him if we do X, Y, Z. Or we know that he hears us if you are whole and healed and functional and good and you're just a good person and you never mess up and the trauma never happened to you. Scripture doesn't ever say that. It is always that he hears you and we know that we have what we have asked of him, whatever we ask. So that's unconditional listening and unconditional knowing of who we are and that he wants to hear us always. He never shuts us out. So we know that this can be part of our identity and that by God, at least, we are always heard and we always have that outlet. The next verse that I think we wanted to touch on was Ephesians 2.19 that says, Now therefore you, no longer, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And this one, this tells us that we are saints. Oh, Ooh. hot take. Hot take. We're saints. <laughs> we are saints. Uh, I think trauma also separates us from the people around us. Yeah. Totally. This sense of distance is created of like, oh, I feel like the, I'm the only one in the world that's experiencing this. And you are the only you that's experiencing it. So that's extremely difficult. And as we talked about often this season, especially with how the modern church as a general whole has handled mental illness, it's very easy to feel, especially separated from the church and from the people of God, because some of the, some of the biggest distance I felt was from the church by the way people in the church handled oh, yeah handled stuff yeah i think it's a we we need to like take those thoughts captive that they're lies that we're foreigners when it says clearly in scripture that we're not that we're saints mm -hmm. you know amen i think that's a really good point because the devil would love to see us oh yeah separated from the very body of christ because as difficult and as hard as it is to be a Christian sometimes, part of the church and Christianity as a whole, it is also the thing that he will heal us the most. Satan's a jerk, man. He really is. He just is the absolute <laughs> you worst. You heard it here, like, folks. I'm just listening and I'm like, yeah, he would. Ugh, that's so mean. 
anyway. so insidious because... Oh, uh, he's literally the definition of insidious. Yes, uh, the, because there's... Just rant about Satan uh, on our podcast. It's true because it's so easy to take that line of calling the church out for where it where it is messed up and then falling over the line to now I will separate myself from my brothers and sisters. And Satan loves that mm-hmm. because then we are cut off and lonely and just sick and hurting and not growing not growing and if we forget about this part of our identity with christ then it's really easy for the wolves to to come get us out there Mm -hmm. we're like hagar in the desert we're very exposed absolutely but jesus tells us that we are fellow citizens and citizenship is something that can't be revoked nope it's it just is and you're part of the household of god we've been adopted in we are brothers and sisters. They can't take that away. Mm-hmm. No other Christian can tell you whether or not you are a part of the church or not. Uh, and your mental illness is not the define, or your trauma is not the defining factor of whether or not you are part of the church. Yep. You always are, no matter what. And people don't speak for God. Yep. And I think really what defines that you are part of a church is something that I feel like a lot of people overlook and that is ready for it salvation mm. which is a nice segue to our next point eh? like what Amen. is that eh? Whoa. you like it you like it you like it was a good slide you like it i don't, I don't like see it. it in your eyes i'm shook okay okay good okay, i'm good. so shook that i'm like i'm also desperately trying to see what verse we need oh, romans 10 it's right there romans 10 ah romans 10 excellent 9 through 10 not i can read that please do If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So that was Romans 10, 9 through 10. Mm -hmm. So what I really love about, about this is that it's plain and simple. It's right there. And I don't feel personally like in the church that's recognized enough in different Mm. areas that like you are saved you are a whole person because of your of professing your faith like it literally says in the verse because you believe jesus like was raised from the dead by god and you are saved i just feel like in the church whether it's you know marriage or um I can't think of anything else other than marriage. sometimes healing from certain things. Yeah, like, people think that you're saved once you accomplish a level, you know? Like, have kids, get married, maybe your mental illness gets Like, a big sin in your life is is gone or something. Yeah, a big sin, like, lessons, yeah, Mm -hmm. that they see on the surface. When it's like, no, bottom line, bro, if you, literally, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Yes. And you profess it with your mouth and it's just it's just wild to me sorry that was i just like highlighting that that's a that's a really wonderful point because our salvation is is key Mm -hmm. it is the biggest thing that's happened to us it's how we're here god got a hold of me and he got a hold of you and that's how we got ultimately to this podcast yeah and nothing else other things are very hopeful like and fun. Like the Enneagram. I'm like just the Enneagram. <laughs> you know? But the Enneagram is not salvation. I right. think we can all agree right. on that. Right. And marriage is not... It's wonderful. Marriage is not salvation. But marriage is not salvation. Children are not salvation. And on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. you know, 
the story needs to be that you are that you are saved and that you are redeemed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something that I see happening a lot in some on the complete opposite end of this is sometimes as individuals we forget the story of our own salvation and our testimony of our salvation becomes here are the bad things that have happened to me and I survived, which is good. We love that you've survived and the bad things that happened to us are very real and they're very valid and they're heartbreaking and they affect us in real time. But the story cannot, your testimony can't just be here's my trauma, the end. Or here's my trauma, I overcame it, I'm an example of why you can do it too. Which, on one side, can be super encouraging. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side, it's like, but you're not a, what's it called, barometer right. for healing. You're your own unique person. Yes, you yeah. are. And it's the, the emphasis is on, uh, the emphasis on, is on Christ saving you and redeeming you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk about, and you should talk about, the things that you've overcome but ultimately your salvation is from Christ mm-hmm. and the glory is his at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, and our trauma, if it, as long as it, Christ needs to be on that pedestal of salvation and not our trauma. And that is how, that is how we'll remain rooted in our identity is if the roots wrap around Christ and are not born from the things that, that happened to us. I agree for sure. I also think like along the same Along the same vein is that, yes, we're saved, we have our faith in Christ, but we're also, like, reconciled. Mm. One of my favorite verses, if not my, one, if not my ultimate favorite, um, goes, goes like this. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside nailing it to the cross. And what I, I love, I love that. I could give you like a ton of verses that like co- coincide with that. But what I love the most about it is that it's literally, you've, you've been washed clean. You've mm. been given a clean slate. Like you've declared spiritual bankruptcy, like yes. in a way, but like, you know what I mean? But like starting fresh. everything, it's just your debts are gone. Like in Micah 7, it says like, he puts our sins at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And and just incredible. I think the verse that I have specifically is Romans ten eleven. Do you want to read that, Sarah? Yeah. So Romans five ten through eleven. Oh, says, there we go. Yeah. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Yeah. And reconciliation is wonderful because it's the restoration of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not just you're saved, but it's that image of the father running towards his prodigal son. Mm-hmm. His prodigal son has come home, but now he's throwing a party. And we have that all the time. Mm-hmm. We are always reconciled. That relationship is completely whole, and nothing that we go through or do or say or become can get in the way of that joyful reconciliation. Something that I struggled with a lot with with my trauma in, in reconciliation was, I was like, well, Lord, what, what, how come you're letting these bad things happen to me? Like, mm-hmm. what, what did I do wrong if I did anything wrong? This is before I learned about, 
you know, that God doesn't just randomly, like, punish you because you, you suck. Uh, you know, like, yes, nothing yes, like that. Yes, yes. Um, and so I struggled a lot with with those, like, thoughts that got in my head. And something that really helped me was, find, like, when I read through my Bible after I had been like, okay, God, I'm giving this one last shot, you know, <laughs> um, is the fact that we all will have trouble, but eternal glory is in the end. Mm, amen. Mm-hmm. Something I remember, I was like nineteen or oh, thereabouts, like you say, or thereabouts, thereabouts, thereabouts in the neighborhood of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the verse that I read was Second Corinthians four sixteen through seventeen, and it is therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And and then in one translation, the one I officially read, it was light and momentary afflictions. Mm. And for, for me, that that created more of a, our favorite word is visceral, more mm. of a visceral image of just like, when you're afflicted, I imagine like a person like on their deathbed almost, you know yeah. what I mean? Or just struggling like that one story, I think it was in the Old Testament about the man who had the, sores all over his body that dogs came and licked you know like yeah that's what i think of and it's like the fact that he calls them light and momentary afflictions or troubles when they're so so big and then he compares them to the eternal glory that outweighs them all i don't know just thinking about that just really helped not all the time but it really helped <laughs> i think the part that i always loved was the outwardly we are wasting away so this recognition <sighs> that this is, this does lead only one place. This is decaying. This is decaying. But inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Our souls are not dying. We are becoming closer and closer to Christ every day. God will not let us go. You know, we are held to the end. There is nothing that can get between us, uh, get between us and God. And there is this beautiful glory and this restoration of not just us, but the whole world and the whole universe at the end of this. And that's hope. Hope that we know is real. Not just a, oh, I'm crossing my fingers and I wish this is going to happen, but like a very real, I know this is coming, so therefore I live in the now because I know what tomorrow will bring in the ultimate sense of the word. In the real sense of the word, I don't know what I'm eating tomorrow for breakfast. <laughs> Who has that planned out? Unless it's like an actual like event, like Sunday <laughs> we're going to make some True. waffles. Brunch. We're going to oh, brunch. Oh, yeah. Okay, then I do know. If the restaurant, I do know what I'm having. But to your point. Which I do hope <laughs> brunch is part of that eternal glory that outweighs yeah, our Yeah, I feel like we'll but... have a mimosa or two in heaven. Yeah, one would imagine. Yeah, one would imagine. One would imagine. Mm-hmm. But the eternal, the eternalness too. Mm-hmm. Eternalness. That our troubles, it feels like they go on forever and ever. And that's valid. I just want to emphasize to everybody who feels like my troubles yeah. are keep going on. This Sometimes isn't, this they isn't do. A, yeah, this isn't us saying like, shh, it's okay, shh. It's going to get better. It's like, no. If anything, this season, we've, like, acknowledged and acknowledged trauma. Yes. You know, I feel... So, I can... We can acknowledge trauma without disregarding the struggle of today. Yes. Like, we can... We can talk about heaven and the eternal glory that far outweighs all of this with hope. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't dismissive. We can relate to what's going on without being 
hopeless. You know, we can, yeah. The beautiful tension of the Christian life is that we can endure and go through terrible things, feel the full weight of pain because Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, while also knowing where this is going and how the story is going to end. And it's a strange thing, but it's a beautiful thing. To like close out this thought a little bit is when you guys go through terrible things, just reviewing back to God's word, saying that you will have trouble. He knew that this was coming and he gave us a fair warning about it. Um, but there is that eternal glory that you just hang on to, that reconciliation, that love you have for the God that saved you, that personally has is, is been that end, as we've talked about counseling, medication, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. But that has been what has renewed me spiritually throughout healing from trauma. Amen. I think the deeper my trouble goes down, the deeper and the bigger I see the Lord is getting. You know, my trouble goes down very deep, but God is oh, yeah. God is infinite, so he goes down infinitely farther. Yeah, where where what's that verse? It's like where sin runs deep. Or oh, yeah. like, your that song. grace is more Yeah, it's a it's a song verse, not a Bible verse. I'm not being a heretic. Oh, we uh, need to stop doing that. Oh, no. Sin runs deep, your grace is more. Yeah, That's the line. There, there it is. <laughs> there it is. No sloppy wet kiss here. Anyway, ah! uh, scroll up and on the document. <laughs> A real focus of our episodes this season has been how we grapple with trauma while being in the church, which is a difficult subject. Uh, if anything, you've learned from us that we've both really run right into this issue because that is really difficult. And if anything, as we've talked about deconstruction and things this season, we've, re- we've recognized that sometimes being a Christian, being part of the church in America, feels like a great burden. At least it does on me sometimes. And that's a valid thing to recognize, I think. Oftentimes, I hear Christians who express doubts about the church or criticisms get kind of silenced. And if we can leave you with anything from talking about our identity today is that it's totally normal to grapple with those things. I pray ultimately that you find great peace and comfort in the God behind the church and the God that built the church and in the Jesus who gives you your identity and saves you and walks with you and weeps with you in your trauma. Uh, That is ultimately who we're here for and who we love and who we want to lift up more than anything else and who the glory goes to at the end of the day. I think Marlene had a really, you had a really great kind of quote over a quote from a, from one of our favorite, our favorite people. Yeah. From one of our favorite people who wrote one of our favorite books. Yes. indeedy. We're talking about <laughs> Donald Miller and blue like jazz. jazz. So the quote that we're going to talk about is in his chapter confession. It starts with, In a recent radio interview, I was sternly asked by the host, who did not consider himself a Christian, to defend Christianity. I told him that I couldn't do it, and moreover, that I didn't want to defend the term. He asked me if I was a Christian, and I told him yes. Then why don't you want to defend Christianity, he asked, confused. I told him I no longer knew what the term meant. Of the hundreds of thousands of people listening to his show that day, some of them had terrible experiences with Christianity. They may have been yelled at by a teacher in a Christian school, abused by a minister, or browbeaten by a Christian parent. To them, the term Christianity meant something that no Christian I know would defend. 
By fortifying the term, I am only making them more and more angry. I won't do it. Stop 10 people in the street and ask them what they what they think of when they hear the word Christianity, and they will give you 10 different answers. How can I defend a term that means 10 different things to 10 different people? I told the radio host that I would rather talk about Jesus and how I came to believe that Jesus exists and that he likes me. The host looked back at me with tears in his eyes. When we were done, he asked me if we could go get lunch together. He told me how much he didn't like Christianity, but how he had always wanted to believe Jesus was the Son of God. We talk about a lot of things on this podcast, but mostly we're here to talk about Jesus, uh, who, I mean... There's just no point without Jesus. There is no point without Jesus, and I wouldn't have survived my trauma without him. Neither would I. And I'm so grateful for him. And if we can encourage and push you on wherever you're at in your journey with trauma or the church or Christianity, it is that you would, I hope that you would, you would explore the Bible for yourself, that you would encounter a beautiful big God who doesn't fit into boxes and who is big enough to create the beautiful things you see around you, but also close enough and intimate enough to cry with you. And I hope that's, I hope that's who you meet or at least get a little bit curious about by listening to us and And there was light and of course we would love to take a moment to thank the people who helped make season two even better starting with the amazing the incomparable the super talented taylor ray um as we've mentioned before taylor ray has made our logo and color palette and has taken incredible photos of us that we've used to promote our podcast every photo that you've seen of us she took it she took it and it's beautiful that's how we managed to look professional professional she's over here she's out here trying to make us look good trying to yeah taylor ray also uh owns her own wedding photography business oh yes so we cannot recommend her enough we will link her social medias yes we will also big thank you to um artist sarah beth baca for lending yet another one of her amazing works for the cover of our hagar episode she who named god And most importantly, big thank you to our audience. Yes! Oh my gosh! We have... I I was telling Sarah, I was like, do you know we have listeners in Asia? We have so many of you. And Honestly, if there was was even just one of you, we would love you dearly. But we love all of you dearly. There's so many of you. So many. And all the... For those who have reached out with questions and good conversation, thank you so much. Like, you've made us better and you've encouraged us immensely and i've loved the incredible friendships that i've gotten out of this so yeah we just love you guys and just thank you so much for getting on this ride with us and trusting that we know where we're going and for agreeing or disagreeing or just yeah being here we appreciate you so much stay tuned for season three (laughs) stay tuned for season three we should bring back the thunder clap and cue the thunder now. now